Well, you can take out your Bibles then and turn to Galatians 2, first of all. The sermon series is on the fruit of the Spirit, and we're up to patience this morning. So first of all, we'll read Galatians 5, verse 22, and then I want to read ahead to Colossians, or turn ahead to Colossians 3, but I'll tell you that in a moment. So basically, Galatians 5, 22, and then we'll move to Colossians 3. And let's pray for uh, God's blessing on the reading and preaching of Scripture today. Father in heaven, we do pause a moment before we hear your word read and preached today. Open our hearts, open our minds to receive the truth of your word, and may the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. So Galatians 5, verse 22, scripture says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and so on. Patience is the one we'll be looking at. And then turn ahead to Colossians 3, verses 12 through 13, talks about patience and forbearance. So look for those themes in these uh, words from Colossians 3, verses 12 through 13. God's word says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. So that's another place where Paul talks about patience. Well, this week... um, and I guess quite a few times in my life, I was talking with people about the best candy. Um, you know, we were giving out candy for Halloween, and we were debating what the best candy bar is specifically. I mean, Kit Kat, what's your top five? Kit Kat's pretty good. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, they're, they're up there. 100 grand, that's a sleeper, right? I, I feel like nobody ever talks about 100 grand, but those are really good. Or you have Snickers. It's got everything, right? Peanuts and, and that's caramel and chocolate. And you can go on. You can talk about more, uh, maybe Twix, things like that. I, I talk about those things a lot with people. And now that I mentioned candy bars and maybe made you think about your sweet tooth again, I'm sorry to say we don't have any candy to give out today. And if you have a candy craving, you're going to have to have patience <laughs> until you get home. You can have that Twix or that Snickers or whatever. But you're going to have to wait. You have to have patience. I think all of us can give a good definition of patience. Even kids could talk about what patience is. It's not getting mad or upset when something you don't like happens. If you're, if you're you know, an eight-year-old and you can't wait to go to the ice cream place, your sister's taking forever, you have to have patience. You just got to wait patiently. And speaking of patience, you might also know what impatience is. Do you know, who, you know any people who are like super quick to anger? 
I think one of the most um, uh, short-fused people that I've ever read about or heard about is uh, um, the captain of the HMS Bounty in the late 1800s. His name was Captain Bly, and this story is uh, Mutiny on the, on the Bounty, if you ever heard of that one. And Captain Bly had such a short fuse that everyone on the ship was always waiting for him to snap and blow up and, you know, shoot out a string of expletives. In fact, I don't know if you know what Captain Bly's nickname was. It was the volcano. <laughs> because he had no patience. None. The Bible talks a lot about patience, this fruit of the Spirit. Another word in Scripture for it is being long-suffering, slow to anger. We all know the patience of Job, right? When he suffered, James 5 talks about the patience of Job. Abraham, Hebrews 6 says, Abraham waited patiently to receive God's promise to him. So when we talk about patience biblically, of course, we're talking about it from a Christian perspective. Patience is a virtue the Holy Spirit produces in our hearts and our minds and our lives. Patience is, is a life disposition like peace and joy that the Holy Spirit works in, in a Christian's heart. And as you know, we already read this morning, Scripture calls you to patience. Be patient is even a command in Scripture. We read Colossians 3 about being forbearing and patient with each other. And so in this sermon, we're going to talk about patience, and I'm going to give you kind of a biblical summary of what patience is for us. And um, first of all, we're going to talk about patience with God's providential happenings in our lives. You, you know, patience with things that happen to you in God's providence. That's the first part. And then, second of all, in the second part of the sermon, we're going to talk about patience with personal interactions or with other people. Patience with people. Patience with providence, and then patience with people. So, so let's talk first about patience uh, with God's providential happenings in life. Now, I think you all would agree that when we're called to patience, it's not just called to be patient when we're sick for a few days, but patience to handle a long trial. Not just patient when you're around people, you put on a, you know, a patient mask, so to speak, and then when you're by yourself, you... You're not patient. No, but this is patient in all times of life. Things don't always go our way. We make mistakes. Other people sin against us. And random tough things happen in our lives. And as a Christian, we need patience in all areas of life, even when it snows in October. <laughs> we need patience in all situations. Now, the Bible, if you do some study on patience, the Bible actually gives some specifics for what life situations we should be patient in. So, first of all, in Romans 12, Paul talks about being patient through and in suffering and trials. Romans 12, be patient in affliction. Be patient in hardship or distress. This is a big topic, right? What's hardship in your life? What's distress in your life? Well, when you do have a tough illness, or when your work situation is not great and there's conflict in the office, or you have a big medical bill that's bothering you, patience in affliction and trials. 
or when you're just frustrated that you never quite have enough money in life. Patience. James talks about the examples of patience. If you want good examples in the Bible of patience, James 5 says, uh, For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Think of the life of Jeremiah or Isaiah or Ezekiel and how they prophesied in a difficult time and they were patient through that trial. And this, like I said, is a bigger topic and I could go on here. I'm going to keep these shorter so that we don't do too much work in one sermon. But suffering and trials teach us patience. We could call affliction Professor Affliction. Maybe some of you know by experience what I'm talking about. When you go through a trial in life, the Lord teaches you patience through it. Maybe a Christian is very independent, overly busy with trying to manage their own little kingdom, always running around, keeping things in their order, and God flattens you (laughs) in a loving way and teaches you patience in suffering and affliction. So that's one specific area in God's providential aspect of our life for patience. Patience in affliction, suffering, and troubles. Now, there's also another aspect in our normal life circumstance where the scripture calls us to patience. The second one is patience when we're treated unfairly. I'm sorry, 1 Peter 2 says, For God is pleased when, conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. 1 Peter 2, verse 19. God's pleased when you patiently endure unjust treatment. Paul showed patience when he was, you know, throttled a lot of times and and persecuted when he was being a missionary. But in our own lives, this means when someone does something unjust to you, Scripture calls you to be patient with it. Again, I'm not, I'm not making this up. You can read it in 1 Peter 2, verse 19. If someone manipulates you or deceives you or rips you off, patience. It doesn't mean you laugh it off or pretend it doesn't hap- never happened, but it does mean be patient and don't seek revenge. Don't let anger or hatred grow in your heart towards the person who was unjust to you. Be patient. Jerry Bridges, I've mentioned him before, he wrote a good book on the fruit of the Spirit. He said, patience always means we, I'm sorry, patience doesn't mean we always ignore unfair treatment, but it means we respond to unfair treatment in a godly manner. That's the key. When you're treated unfairly, You have patience, and you handle it in a godly manner. That's the key. Because typically, and I already mentioned this with the peacemaking sermon last week, typically when we as humans are treated unfairly or unjustly, we pick up the guns, and we put on the gloves, and we want to fight, and we want to get even, and we want to get back at the person. But Scripture has a better way. Patience. Cultivate the fruit of patience when you suffer unjust treatment. 
Again, Jerry Bridges put it so well. He said, the patient Christian who suffers leaves this issue in the hands of God. He is confident that God will render justice, though he knows that this may not occur until the time of our Lord's return. Patience when you suffer unjust treatment. Now, this even extends in the Bible to patience in persecution. I know we don't face big persecution. Maybe every now and then, for being a Christian, someone does something a little wrong to you or makes fun of you. So maybe you've suffered a tiny bit of persecution. Tiny bit. But generally speaking, Scripture says be patient in persecution. Revelation 14 is the text. God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. You have to endure persecution patiently, obeying God and keeping on trusting in Jesus. Revelation 14. So if you do have a professor at university who is anti-Christian and he is not nice to you, You have to bear that patiently, trusting in God and obeying God's commands. Or if you have a boss who hates Christians and acts like a total jerk to you, don't be a jerk back. Bear it patiently. Trust in Christ and obey the Lord. That's what Revelation 14 calls you to do. We don't fight back, but we be patient and handle it in a godly manner. There's one more specific about patience in Scripture. Uh, Patience when facing temptation and testing. James 1 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Temptation to sin, testing in life. If you patiently endure it, God will bless you, the Bible teaches. You all know what it means to be tempted to sin. I mean, if you're a human, (laughs) you've been tempted to sin. Maybe your own sinful desire is telling you to do something wrong. Maybe Satan is tempting you to sin. Maybe someone else is tempting you to sin and do something disobedient to God. Scripture says, patiently endure it. Don't give in, but patiently endure it, and God will bless you. So those are some different specific aspects in God's providence that we need to exercise patience. Again, I can give you the text later, but patience and suffering and trouble, patience when we're treated unfairly, patience when we're being persecuted, and patience when we're being tempted and tested. Now, now shifting gears just a tiny bit, there are also patience, uh, scripture texts that talk about patience in our spiritual life. I know those other things I mentioned have to do with our spiritual life. But specifically, there's patience that we have to have in our spiritual life. You need to be patient when the Lord disciplines you. You know, sometimes when we sin, the Lord's hand is heavy on us, the psalm talks about. And when that happens, you need to be patient. And this is from Micah 7. He said, I will be patient as the Lord disciplines me, for I have sinned against him. Have you ever had that? I mean, do you know from your personal experience what it means to face the, the, the discipline of the Lord for sinning? Maybe you told a terrible lie 
and it wrecked someone's year because it was such a bad lie. And for months, you felt terrible inside and you couldn't sleep. And you felt like such a wretch. That's what Psalm 32 talks about. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. It's not God's fault. You sinned, and the Lord disciplines the one he loves, the Bible teaches. And when that happens to you, you need to be patient. I will be patient as the Lord disciplines me, Micah 7 says. I'm not saying that all of your suffering is God disciplining you, but there are times in life when you sin, the Lord disciplines you, and his hand is heavy on you, and you need to be patient. One other aspect of our spiritual life is we need to be patient with the Lord's timing and answer to prayers. This is another one that hits home, right? When we pray for God's help, or when we pray for God to change a situation in our life that's tough, or when we just pray for, for certain things that we are in need of, we need to be patient with the Lord's answer and time. Psalm 37 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Or Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. He turned to me and heard my cry. So, so the Bible teaches to pray persistently for something, but you also have to have patience in God's timing and answer to prayer. Remember that. And that's again from Psalm 37 and Psalm 40. Okay, so those are a couple of areas of the Bible. Again, I'm just pulling out some different scriptures that teach you patience in certain areas of life. Now, there's one. I'm shifting gears again a little bit here. So we've talked about some specifics, but let's talk about patience with people. Okay, so I was talking about patience with specific situations in life. Now let's talk about patience with people. And the first one I want to do here is, and it might sound odd to some of you, but be patient with yourselves. Have you ever heard that term before? I mean, you've heard be patient with other people. I'll get there in a minute. But be patient with yourselves. Where do you think I'm going with this? Well, I'll state it in another way to help you. Be patient with your sanctification. Be patient with how and how much God works on you and how quickly or slowly. Be patient with your growth in grace. The text to think about is in Philippians 1, it says, if for, for believers, if you're a Christian, it says God began a good work in you and he will be faithful to complete it. He will. In the meantime, you've got to be patient with yourself and with God's working on you. It doesn't happen overnight or even in a week. It's a lifelong process. Be patient with your sanctification. You're going to make mistakes. You and I have made mistakes, and you and I will make more mistakes. Be patient with yourself. We're fallen and finite, and we're far from perfect. Be patient with yourselves. Even those of you who are solid Christians and have been solid Christians for a long time, you will still do stupid things because sin affects you. Be patient with yourself. 
You might struggle with mental issues which frustrate you to tears. Be patient with yourself. You might be hard on yourself because you can't remember some doctrinal truths that you knew before and you forget and be patient with yourself. Or maybe you constantly struggle, you're you're a believer and you want to please the Lord and you constantly struggle with jealousy or feelings of self-hatred. Be patient with yourself. Maybe you always have these thoughts that you're never going to measure up and be good enough. Be patient with yourself. God is not finished with you. I know that maybe sounds cliche, but I think it's just a great thing to remember. You are a work in progress, and he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it, but he's not done yet. So be patient with yourself. And I'm I'm pointing this out because I know some of you, some people, some Christians, are, are really good at beating yourselves up. Are you good at that? Some Christians are really good at beating themselves up. Some of you are terribly hard on yourselves when you fail, when you don't do something right, or when you think others uh, are better than you in some areas, and you make a mistake, you're hard on yourself. Go easy on yourselves. You're a work in progress. Someday you'll be perfect, but not in this life. So be patient with yourselves. Andrew Peterson has a good song. There's a line in it that says, you can't expect to be perfect. It's a fight you've got to forfeit. So next time you mess up or fail to measure up or feel like a total loser for botching something, be patient with yourself. You're a work in progress. So patience with yourselves. But also patience with other people. When, when Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit of, of patience here, he's, he is talking about patience in your life circumstances, but also patience with people. And I, I think one could do a study on how the fruits of the Spirit all tie into each other. I'll, I'll just give you one example. Love is a fruit of the Spirit, the first fruit, and patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And what does Paul say about love in 1 Corinthians 13? Love is patient. So we're called to love other people, which means being patient with other people. See how that works? If you love someone, patience will follow. If you have a good friend, you love that person, and if she's 15 minutes late, you're not going to flip out on her because you love her. Or you love your husband or your wife, so when she or he is indecisive, you'll be patient because you love. That's what love does. It bears all things. It endures all things, 1 Corinthians 13 says. So it it does start in the church family. And and, uh, when we talked about that in Colossians, um, Paul talked about being patient with each other, bearing with one another in the church family. The same thing is in Ephesians 4. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So again, there's a lot of texts in the Bible, especially the New Testament, that say that we as God's people need to be patient with each other and bear with each other in love. If you're 10 years old, or 18 years old, or or 48 years old, 
And you're a believer in a church setting, you have to be patient with each other. That means when we mess up, when someone messes up, we're patient with that person in the church family. But we're all going to mess up in some ways. We're all going to stumble in sin. And Scripture calls us to be patient with each other. Sometimes we have to rebuke when there's sin. We know that. But we're also called to patience. 1 Thessalonians 5 said, Admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Think about how Paul wrote in his letters to a lot of the Christians. Sometimes he was blunt to them and he had to rebuke them. But he was also very patient, patient with the Christians when they didn't act like they should. So you have to remember in, in this church family that just like God is still working on us and we're a work in progress, God is still working on other people and they're a work in progress too. So show them love and be patient with them when they don't do things exactly the way you think they should do them. That's very practical. This, this goes to a lot of different areas. Um, in a church family, any church family, not just this one, but any church family, all of us are going to have different views and opinions and beliefs about different things in life. I mean, if we did this survey of political views, all of us would have some differences in our political views. We need to be patient with each other in that way. Or uh, maybe people have different, or people do have different methods of, of how they want to school their kids. We need to be patient with each other's views on that. Same goes for Bible translations, uh, your favorite authors, and things like that. And one more aspect to point out, or actually just two very brief. Um, scripture specifically calls pastors and elders to patience with the congregation. So this is for me and for elders and leaders in the church. 2 Timothy 4, talking to Timothy, Paul says, Reprove and rebuke with complete patience. So that's, that's for me, for elders, for pastors. I've got to practice patience towards you. Paul even tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, patiently endure evil. When someone else reviles me or our elders, we need to have patience. And the last little note, this also, of course, it, so it's a church thing, right? Patience with each other, forbearance in love. Elders, pastors, but that also will trickle into the Christian home. Children, be patient with your parents because they're not perfect. Parents, be patient with your children because they're not perfect. It trickles down into the home. And finally, this patience also, of course, includes people all around us. I kind of hinted at this already, but you've got to be patient with the guy at work who bothers you every single day. You've got to practice patience with that woman on the phone who's trying to help you activate your cell service. <laughs> be patient. You have to be patient with your boss, who you always thinks, think does things the hard way. Patience. So, patience with God's providence in life and patience with people, including yourself. That's easy to talk about, right? <laughs> Amen. We need to exercise patience in all areas of life. And then we drive home, and someone pulls out in front of us, and that's gone. So what do we do? Well, we pray for it. Paul in Colossians 1, we read part of Colossians 3. You can read Colossians 1. Paul even prayed for the patience of other Christians. 
We pray that God will strengthen you and that you will have the endurance and patience you need. So pray for patience yourself and pray for the patience of other Christians here. Okay, so those are some very practical aspects of patience. What, what am I missing? So I, I went into the practical aspects of patience and I pulled out quite a few different Bible texts, but where does the sermon need to go? Well, God's patience, the foundation of patience, the greatest and perfect example of patience is God's patience. I think a lot of you know the, one of the big choruses in the Bible, the Lord is merciful and gracious, then what does it say? Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So we should talk about our patience, but we also have to, and I think you know I always go here, we also have to see the source and foundation for patience, and that is God. He is slow to anger. He's long-suffering. Louis Burkhoff, a good Reformed theologian, said, Patience is the goodness of God in which he bears with evil people despite their long-continued disobedience. And if you think about it, the whole Bible story is a story of God's patience, isn't it? Think of all the different stories in the Bible where God was so patient with sinful people who did terrible things. God didn't lose his temper and destroy Adam and Eve after they ate the fruit. God didn't go rage on Cain after he murdered his brother Abel. God waited a long time before he sent the flood. He was patient with the evil people back then. He was so patient with the Israelites who grumbled all the time in the wilderness. Scripture is one long story of the patience of God. And remember what God's patience means? Peter talks about it in 2 Peter 3. Remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. God is so patient with sinful people, and we talked about this before, who, who do terribly evil things. He's patient with people so that they might turn from their sin and come to faith and be saved. God's patience with sinful people is kind of a white flag that says, Today is the day of salvation. Come to me, ye ends of the earth, and be saved. Someday God's patience will, you know, turn into his justice at the end of time when Christ repays all those who have done evil and not turn from it. But today is the day of salvation. God is perfectly patient. So another way to grow in our patience is to meditate on the patience of God and specifically on the patience of Jesus. We mentioned it this morning in our Sunday school class. Think of all the times where Jesus was, was uh, pushed and prodded and poked and, and they tested him or even mocked him and beat him. Jesus was, his whole life was a display of perfect patience. You don't read any stories about Jesus going rage or blowing his top in sinful anger. In fact, Peter talked about Jesus' patience, which has to do with our salvation. Peter said in 1 Peter, He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. So Christ's work of salvation to come and live a perfect life and die on the cross for sinners. It was perfectly 
full of patience. And because of that, we find salvation in him because he did his work perfectly. And Jesus' example of patience is also an example for us. John Newton wrote a hymn on this. I'll just give a line. Lord, who has suffered all for me, my peace and pardon to procure. The lighter cross I bear for thee, help me with patience to endure. So we can think about the patience of Christ when we go through our life. So again, this is a big topic, isn't it? I just picked out some different texts of Scripture to to bring it home and show you some specific ways we're called to patience in life. And and I I remind you to meditate on the patience of the perfect patience of God and the perfect patience of Christ who died for our salvation. Patience isn't always easy, though, is it? We suffer. There are trials and persecutions, temptation. It's hard to sometimes have patience with ourselves and other people. So once again, let me just remind you to pray for it. Think about the patience of our Lord. And also remember that one day for Christians, you won't have to struggle with lack of patience anymore. Because when Christ returns and and he makes all things new, there's going to be no more evils or ills to provoke you. We'll be perfectly sanctified. His work will be finished. We'll be glorified. And we won't be impatient any longer. But until that day, until Christ, return, until Christ returns, James 5 says, Be patient as you wait for the Lord's return, like a farmer who patiently waits for the rain. James says, Be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Amen. Let's pray.